Hello guys, what is going on? Daniel Charles back here again for another podcast, another show, and this is a Chelsea transfer special. Uh, we know Chelsea are going to be busy in January. We've been speaking about Enzo Fernandez. We've been speaking about David Datro Fafana. We've been speaking about Andre Santos. I'm sure this is going to be a pretty mental month, uh, but it is now confirmed, or at least when when you are listening or watching watching this, Chelsea have made the signing of Benoit Badeshile from Monaco, the central defender. And I thought it'd be appropriate to get a, an expert on the player on, because I think for myself, didn't know a lot about the player. I'd certainly heard his name uh, in European football, but you know, getting more of an insight from someone who does know the player, his flaws, his journey to this point, and what he could offer Chelsea and Graham Potter in the upcoming weeks and months. Glad to say that Timothy Pignon, who's a, a journalist at France Football, also worked for Le Keep and has had work on Scouted Football, joins me. How you doing, mate? Hi, everything's fine. Thank you for for the invitation. I, I appreciate it and uh I will try my best to to provide you some some good answers. No worries, and I have to say, uh, we we met fine enough on uh, just before the game against Bournemouth. Uh, a mutual friend, uh, the brilliant Adam Newson, uh, was there, and we were sort of speaking. And obviously, I think you were doing a piece about Ingolo Kante, uh, who is now we we found out since he he's got a further injury. But um, how did you find the game? Because obviously, it was it was a good one from a Chelsea perspective. Yeah, yeah, good. First half, uh, it was a little bit uh, more complicated during the the second half, but it was my my first time in in Stamford Bridge, so yeah, I enjoyed it and uh, and thank you guys for for the warm welcome. It was nice to to meet you there. Yeah, no worries, no worries. As I say, it was a uh, it was a surprisingly it was a rare good night in Chelsea's pretty difficult season. Hopefully, we'll you should attend more Chelsea games, so hopefully we'll start playing <laughs> better. Um, but let's get into the player. Um, are you surprised that Chelsea have, have gone in for him? I know this is a name that has been linked or at least known across Europe. We'll, we'll get into it a little bit later of one other major uh, English club going in for him. But are you surprised at this point that Chelsea have, have gone out there and, and so effectively got the deal done? No, no, no. I wasn't surprised at all, um, to be to be honest. Uh, maybe because I, I like the player, but, uh, you know, as you said, um, there were a lot of interest uh, from basically uh, all over the, the Europe, uh, the previous years, um, the previous uh, transfer windows. So actually, I was not so surprised. And, uh, and you know, I think we, we're going to speak about, about him as a player, but uh, I saw him played live um, at the middle of September for the French national team. I was in the stadium and I was like, uh, why? Um, I, I was wondering, um, I was trying to understand why uh, it wasn't at that point in the French national team from from more more months and uh, why he wasn't in a in a top club so no I'm not surprised so looking at his journey getting to this point obviously at Monaco uh, a decent sized European club you know playing European football as well what would you say about that journey and and how he's developed as a player because he's still a young player this is not someone who is in the middle of his career he's still got hopefully years to go and develop but he clearly has done a lot at this stage uh, to, to gain this interest from a top Premier League club? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, he's only 21, if I'm right. And uh, and so he's very prom- promising uh, since he's uh, a kid. Um, but yeah, at the beginning of his career, uh, he made some some mistakes uh, on the pitch, maybe because, uh, you know, one of his main quality uh, is his uh, uh, passing abilities. Um, so he likes to 
to play good passes. Uh, sometimes it's a, a little bit. Uh, it, it was maybe too much for for some some people. That's what we we could uh, read here in France uh, back in the days. Um, no, it became more. Um, first of all, it became more aggressive uh, defensively speaking, and more focus on his game. And uh, you know, in a few months ago, he, he did a, a brilliant interview with a with a colleague of mine uh, in l'équipe, and he was saying that uh, he changed uh, his mindset, uh, becoming more um, a leader, if we can say it this way, even if he's super young. But uh, with with that uh, mentality, he, he he said that uh, it was easier to be uh, uh, focused uh, every minute on the pitch, and uh, and yeah, to play. Uh, maybe more as a defender you know uh, very focused on his defensive skills and everything so yeah i would say that uh, he improved a lot uh, mentally speaking and so he's making less and less mistake and uh, and that's why didier deschamps uh, uh, called up with the with the french national team uh, in september i guess i know we we spoke about maybe some confusion that you've already picked up on in France, why he hasn't featured more for an international team. And, you know, especially at the World Cup where France, despite some injuries, of course, still get to the final uh, and were a penalty shootout away from winning the thing. So not bad, you know, from an England perspective, it'd be nice to be in that situation. Uh, mm. But it's interesting looking at sort of him as a player and, and him not getting into that position. I mean, why... Didn't he say feature more for for the, for the national team for the jump? Actually, like I told you, I was a little bit surprised uh, because he, he did a brilliant game uh, for for his first call up, and you know that's not uh, always uh, that you because sometimes you you're being uh, called by the by the French uh, national manager, and then you're you're spend sometimes on the bench uh, just to get the environment and everything. And for his first call-up, uh, he was a starter. It was against uh, Austria uh, at Le Stade de France. And uh, and yeah, as I told you, he played super well um, He with the ball, without the ball. Um, so it was, yeah, a, a brilliant uh, first cap for him. And then it was a little bit more complicated in uh, Denmark, but because of the fact that uh, the, the, the team uh, suffered a lot, um, in Denmark, and uh, he was uh, playing with uh, two young players uh, around him, so it was a little bit uh, more difficult for him. But honestly, um, it was a, a good first call-up for him, so we were a bit surprised that he wasn't uh, on the final list for the World Cup. I think he was uh, surprised too. Um, but you know, it is sometimes the, the manager are, are doing their choices. And uh, and to be honest, we have a lot of uh, very good centre back uh, mm. in France. So you know, there there were there were a lot of players, uh, and he's still young. So I think he, his time will come. I'm sure about it. As I say, I, I mean, sort of looking at it from the way sometimes there's been criticisms of the way the England team is picked is is a sense that you know they come from the bigger clubs. Do you think that's a part of it? Is is maybe part of the players? Um, incentive to move to Chelsea is that he'll be in a bigger limelight and maybe that will give him preference to, to get to say to play at the Euros in, in a couple of years time. Maybe, maybe. And that's funny because we have the those kind of uh, of uh, talks uh, here in France, in, in the radio, in the media, um, saying that maybe it's easier to, to go to the national team when you're playing uh, um, in a European club, uh, which maybe makes sense even if we even if you know there, there were um there were some players from monaco from marseille 
uh, in the French national squad uh, at the World Cup. So uh, I'm not so sure it's it's definitely the truth, uh, but it could help, of course. And I think that uh, that um, you know it was the same thing with Fofana. Uh, he decided to to join you guys uh, to try to become um, to, to try to be um, in the French national team. So yeah, I think it could help, and uh, and yeah, we're talking a lot about it uh, here in France um, those those past few days. Uh, so yeah, that will be interesting to 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 watch what will happen with uh, with Badiashil. It's, it's interesting you bring up Wesley Fofana because that that could be a potential Chelsea back two or Chelsea defence, maybe a back three as well, and then also for France, you know that in the, in the upcoming years, two young defenders who are going to now be playing at Chelsea, and I guess that's a good thing for Badia Shile. Maybe you know maybe those two players spoke to each other, uh, you know, in the in the build up to this deal. I mean, that's going to be a nice thing personally for him is that there are actually quite a few. French speakers in Chelsea squad. Edward Mendy obviously played in Liga. Um, Thiago Silva as well, as we know. So, I mean, that that in itself is, is I guess, hopefully for him, a, a nice way to integrate into things at Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I totally agree with you. And uh, yeah, that's... Um, I, I agree with you about Thiago Silva because uh, uh, every young player who, who played um, with, with him in a in a back two or in a back three uh, made a lot of progress uh, we can think about uh, Kim Pembe in France uh, who played with him in Paris Saint-Germain and so yeah I think uh, this environment uh, could be a great one for for Badia Shield to improve and uh, and yeah sometimes we we're not speaking that much about the the environment of a club the in the locker room and yeah it it's important for a player to to feel good in the locker room and the fact that uh, there are a lot of uh, of French speakers uh, in the Chelsea locker room uh, could help him. Yeah, definitely. Uh, specifically, a difficult and challenging time for for Chelsea this season. I think you know it's not he's not going to have a preseason. You know he, he's coming into a very demanding fixture schedule. If he's going to start playing this month, for instance, which may be possible, we've got games against Man City, we've got games against Liverpool. You know, so it, it's a testing time. So hopefully, he can integrate quickly with with the dressing room. Um, and, and the players around him. So we mentioned earlier, I, I read about Manchester United's interest in him. I believe it was around 2020. Uh, I may have got the year wrong there. I think it was around that time that apparently Man United inquired about him and Monaco wanted to keep him. And, you know, it, it's curious because, you know, that could have been an even younger stage of his career. He could have made that jump to one of the biggest clubs in the world. You know, sort of the context around the why that move didn't happen and, and I guess you know from his point of view and his development it's clearly worked out for him that you know he didn't make that jump at that point yeah no um actually I'm not a, a specialist about uh, transfer windows and everything so I think I I didn't have the the world pictures uh, at that time and uh, why uh, he finally decided to to stay uh, in Monaco but um you know, he, he started his journey so young. Uh, he already played something like uh, 130 games, uh, I think, at a professional mm -hmm. stage, which is a, a lot. Uh, 50 games, I guess, with the French national team and young French national teams, uh, which is a lot also. Um, so, but I feel like um, he, he knows that uh, he, he knew, sorry, that he was on the right path uh, in a club. Monaco is good, you know, for young players uh, to to improve because they they are there is no uh, pressure, if I can say it this way. You know, it's not uh, 
the same thing when you're playing for Marseille here in France, for example. So yeah, it, it was a, a good place for him to to develop, and uh, you're you're playing European games also, uh, which is important. Then he had good managers also because you know he played uh, a lot of games uh, under Niko Kovac and uh, he improved a lot with him. Then Philippe Clément is is also a um, a good manager, um, I think, and uh, especially to to develop young players. So I think that mm. uh, there were no hurry to to move to a big club um, at that time. So no, to me, he made the good decision staying in Monaco, and uh, and no, I feel like he's ready to to play at uh, in a in a big big club. And uh, you know, he, for example, is like I told you, um, his first call up with with Les Bleus, uh, with the, the French national team. Um, it was uh, it was very um, you know cool. Uh, just just taking it as an opportunity, and he played well um, that night. So I think it will not be a problem uh, mentally speaking. I think he's ready to to play at the top level. I know that Nico Kovac as well, another top French talent in uh, Aurelien Chouameni, who Chelsea were interested in. And some of us are a little bit, were, were quite disappointed that Chelsea didn't sign him uh, before he made the move to Real Madrid. And and so, you know, there's a coach who, who I think has done some good work. And it seems like Monaco have done some good work in recent years developing those young players. Yeah. I, I've heard about it. I think you mentioned it in one of your early answers about sort of the flaws within his game. I mean, is that something that, you know, he's going to find maybe a, a little bit of a struggle at Chelsea when if there's if they're not not as much pressure in the environment at Monaco to say Chelsea where the spotlight is on you Chelsea are one of the biggest clubs in the Premier League and are expected to win most weeks is that something that's it's going to be a, a tough adjustment period for him as a player mm. i think um one year ago i would have told you that uh, yeah it could have been a problem uh but no i feel like he, he is ready and uh, more mature and uh it seems like uh, he realized uh, a lot of stuff uh, this past uh, yeah few weeks, few months. Uh, I think I feel like he he, he understood a lot of things uh, since yeah uh, last summer or September, you know, um, and that he took uh, a lot of uh, confidence also. And so no, honestly, I feel like he's ready to to join you guys. Yeah, and I do, I do think that I've, I've seen some criticism. Um aimed at him as a young defender of making mistakes. And I'm like, well, finding any player in, in football, no matter how good they are, they're going to make mistakes. And especially a young defender is going to make, that's how they learn. So it's like, I, I don't think that's a very valid point. You know, it, it, they're supposed to make mistakes to get better. So uh, hopefully we will see that and we will see a player get the confidence and backing at Chelsea to become better. Final question. It, it, it's a big one. It, it regards his sort of ceiling. What what do you think the potential is? Because Chelsea apparently committing a six year contract to uh, this player, and and that is that is a show of faith. And they're doing it for a lot of young players at the moment. The new ownership. Um, do you think the potential is there for him to become one of the top centre backs in European football? You know, it is. It's always hard to 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 be. Um sure 100 percent about a player but uh like like you just said um a young a young defender needs to to do some some mistakes to improve uh of course i think like i told you he realized a lot of stuff uh these past few weeks um playing you know every every three days every five days uh here in france so he already played a lot of games so he already uh improved a lot you know it's 
I don't feel like uh, he's at the beginning of his journey. You know what I mean? It's he already mm. played hundred games uh, here in France, so that's already a lot. Um, you know, I, I know you guys um, are about to sign Enzo, Fern uh, Enzo Fernandez, for example. Uh, he just played something like uh, I don't know, but. 20, 25 games in European football, for example. I guess it's it's 25 or something. Um, and so Badiashil played, yeah, uh, fifth more uh, games than him, uh, which is a lot. So, so yeah, I think he's ready to make that that step. Of course, it's a big one, but um, yeah, I feel I feel like he's ready. And uh, and you know, I think uh, we will see if you guys will will go. Uh, uh, for a while with Graham Potter, but uh, he's good at uh, at developing young players also. And uh, I feel like Badiashil game uh, fits with uh, what uh, Potter tried to 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 do in Chelsea. You know, because uh, Badiashil likes to to defend uh, by moving forward to put uh, a lot of pressure of uh, um, uh, against the the opponent striker this kind of stuff so and he, like like i told you is really comfortable with his fits um he, he likes to to play good passes um so i feel like he's ready and i feel like the the potential is huge um and then let's see it's all about context you know it is with young players but uh, i'm i'm not worried at all for him to be honest with you yeah, hopefully that money will be well invested. And, and I think that that is something, particularly on the left side of defence, where he's mainly going to be playing for Chelsea, we think. Um, there have been a lot of fans who, and just people watching Chelsea, have felt that we've we've lacked a, a dominant presence or an aggressive presence since Antonio Rudiger left, who, of course, did so much of that work for Thomas Tuchel, really pressing up. And that was a part of Chelsea's pressing game and and how we were able to, to get on top of opponents. So... Hopefully he can bring that, even though he is much younger than when we signed Rudiger. The, the, the potential is absolutely there. And, and hopefully we will see some impact uh, for the rest of this season and, and moving ahead. Thank you so much, uh, Timothy, for, for joining me today. Um, as I do with all my guests, just give you a chance now for, for, for you to shout out where people can find your work online. Um, yeah, yeah, you can follow me on, on Twitter or, or Instagram, uh, wherever you want. And, uh, and yeah, I think uh, we're going to publish... Uh, uh, a big report about N'Golo Kante in, uh, in a few weeks. So I think you guys will be uh, uh, interesting by it. Uh, I hope it will be a, a good one. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm I'm writing on, on European football. So, so yeah, um, you can follow me on, on Twitter if you want. And thank you very much for, for having me on it. It was a, it was a pleasure to, to chat with you again. So, yeah, thank you very much. No worries, no worries. And hopefully uh, you can get back to Stamford Bridge and, and we can meet up again. And hopefully that will be, I, I'm going to call you like the, the lucky charm regarding Chelsea. If you can arrive <laughs> before like a massive Champions League game and, and then we win again, then I will know it, it's you. It's not nothing to do with the players. But uh, absolutely, as, as as you said, we will put the links to uh, Timothy's work in the description box below. You can go and follow him, go and, go and follow his great work. And, and that interesting piece about N'Golo Kante, which is a, obviously a big discussion point and debate point amongst Chelsea fans regarding his future and fitness problems and and what's going on uh, but thank you so much for tuning in if you're watching on youtube hit that subscribe button and a notification bell so you don't miss any of the uploads on the channel if you're listening on the podcast feed as well make sure to follow and check out all the links as well in the description thank you guys for watching and i will see you again very soon all the best